The night the child went missing, Carmel sat a few miles away in the window of a cafe in Broccoli. She was breathing hard, cloud on the glass. Passing by, a man glanced in to check her prettiness and was struck by the intensity of her face behind the patch of steam which partially obscured it. She ignored the gentle rattle of plates and hiss of chips which went on behind her, hearing nothing. When she let herself pour over memories, she was hawkish, filled with greed for one of the only pleasures remaining to her, raking through lost evenings and moments. It was rare that she did allow herself this. It had been so long that she knew there could only be a handful more times. It would not always be possible to summon precisely the fast-fading textures and tastes. When the child was missing, while the courtyard was lighting up with drama and anguish, Carmel was thinking about sex. She tried to meet out the different encounters they had shared together and not think of them all at once as a conflated interaction, not to waste her thoughts in an incoherent wave. Rather, she had separated them out years ago and given them titles and would think of them only with great care. Often, because her and Derek's affair had taken place almost exclusively in the privacy of his apartment, they were called after things they had consumed together and which she could then recall the taste of in his mouth. Particular drinks, white Russian night, plain meals he had cooked with sweet incompetence, spaghetti bolognese night, takeaway pizza with a faint cardboard flavour, Chino's night. Most often what she tasted was the familiar paternal smell of beer and cigarettes on his moustache, a beautiful, acrid dream sense which haunted her. Other nights were named after a book he had been reading at the time, of human bondage night, or a chapter she had been studying, Home Rule Night. She could see with perfect clarity the books being laid aside when they became too impatient. The clothes she had worn were another method, to think of him undoing the side clasp of a kilt or pulling up the snug wool jumper she had stolen from her brother after he had shrunk it in the wash. There were ways to do it, ways to differentiate. Despite what they had resulted and what they had meant for the rest of her life, their nights together had not been so many. They weren't enough that the ways he touched or looked at her were easily muddled together. These two were divisible. The disbelieving ecstasy on his face when she first parted her legs and let him see her with light, without shame. The confusing joy of him slipping a finger inside her mouth, gently probing so that she felt evaluated like a body, like an animal, but happily. And now, in her window haze, she let herself murmur his name to herself as she almost never did and felt for a moment the fervent rise of devotion which used to be so constant. The feeling, which she knew was also a lie, that she would do anything for him, anything to have him again for a minute. To confirm that his sweat smelled the way it did in her mind, so green and pleasant. If it had been true, if she would have done anything to get him back, then she would have done it at the time. She would have done the one thing guaranteed to summon him when he left. She was allowing herself the indulgence of memory because her second remaining pleasure, that of sleep, had been torn from her that morning. It was strange that sleep had come to mean so much. She resisted it for most of her life. As a young person, she found it a darkly boring prospect, all that waste of fun and thought and as an adult was fearful that its oblivion was too close to death, too tempting to trust as an indulgence. Later she accepted its blankness as positive, when she stopped believing in the chance of positive movement and embraced distraction as the only possible relief. There were two nights, soon after her mother had died, when she left the flat. 
I'll be gone for two days, she told her father and brother. You can look after Lucy for two days. Her father wanted to ask what she was doing, but didn't. Her brother nodded. The child will be taken care of. She used money she had saved to book two nights in a hotel in Little Venice. Somewhere a woman who worked in the shop had gone for her anniversary. She wasn't sure what she was doing exactly, but felt that if there was any time to lose herself in new sex it was now, in the mud of grief. She packed a bag with her least frayed underwear and her best dresses and walked the few hours to the hotel. After throwing her bag in the room, surprisingly shabby and insect-ridden, she showered and did herself up and went down to the bar. She assumed something happened in hotel bars. That was the received wisdom. After two drinks and one unappealing pissed businessman, she ventured out. She had three more drinks at three different pubs, hoping for something.